time to talk football. It's time to talk Dons. North Sound 1, Red Friday. We are one week into the Stephen Glass era at Pataudry and so far so good. The Dons made it through eventually against Livingston in the Scottish Cup. And but for a last gasp equaliser, would have beaten Celtic on Wednesday. And the new boss says that he was happy with the effort that his team showed. I'm disappointed the fact we lost a late goal. Uh, I'm unbelievably proud of the players though for the effort that they put in. I think they were fantastic against a good Celtic team uh, who moved the ball really well, gave us a few problems, but I think we were ready for it. We're ready to break at speed. Uh, and like you say, there's there's a couple of situations there that I think if anybody watching the game could see they should be handled differently. But I'm not about to start criticising referees. I said this last week already. So I'm not, it's... Uh, it's a theme already, but I'm not about to criticise referees. North Zone 1, Red Friday. Yes, this is Red Friday. I'm Mike. I'm joined in the studio by Andrew Shiny and Dave McDermott. Andrew, we'll talk about the Celtic game in a moment. And uh, before that, we're going to talk about last week because getting through against Livingston, it's all anyone's going to remember in the long run. But it was a long game. It was a very long game, but um, first half was a bit of a non-event as far as Aberdeen were concerned uh, obviously there was the injury to Joe Lewis which meant that Gary Woods had to come on and unfortunately his first touch was to pick the ball out the back of the net it was a good finish from Jet who was uh, a constant threat to Aberdeen um, he, he put himself about really well for a big guy um, you know we've seen him in the past he's He's Marmite, isn't he? He's brilliant or he's a donkey. Um, and unfortunately chose to be brilliant uh, against Aberdeen for the most part. Um, but uh, I thought once we got the equaliser, um, uh, well, after the, the half-time team t- uh, talk, the, the rallying cry from uh, Stephen Glass and from Alan Russell, uh, you could see the beliefs starting to come in the Aberdeen side. But the more the game went on, you're thinking, you know, we're running out of time here. But it was a fantastic finish from Niall McGinn possibly the only player in the park who could have put that ball into the top corner now, he had to put it there, that was the, the one place that you could beat the goalkeeper but it, you could see the, the shoulders lifted up, the chests puffed out, uh, Aberdeen started to believe in themselves much more and possibly should have won it in normal time but I think their fitness told an extra time despite a really soft penalty being given by Colin Stephen the referee when Big Jet went down like a ton of bricks He put the penalty away well But the important thing was that Aberdeen got their equaliser Only two minutes later And then kept pressing Livingston When it went to extra time I must admit I did fancy us Because we've had such a good record uh, With penalty shootouts in recent years There was always a nagging doubt How's Gary Woods going to cope with this? As it turned out, Jason Holt hit the bar. Gary didn't have to make any saves, but full credit to the, the, the guys who took the penalties for Aberdeen. Every single one of them gave the keeper no chance, apart from possibly the first one from Lewis Ferguson. Mm-hmm. Straight, straight down the middle, yeah. just missed the keeper's foot, but it found the back of the net, and that's all that counts. Yeah, you do fancy the Dons, Dave, when it gets to a situation where penalties look likely and it was proved again that clinical from, from the penalty spot. Yeah, they've got a very good recent record in penalty shootouts and that's not always been the case going back not that many years. And they, of course, as Stephen Glass said, they didn't have time to practice the penalties either. So it was just down to the technique. And the, as Andrew said, they were excellently taken, all all five. Um, and But for the width of the crossbar, we could have gone on and on on that one but uh, yeah it was again a 
when it went to penalties, I was strongly fancying Ab- Aberdeen, but you just never know when it comes to a shootout. But we're through, and that's all that matters. Yeah, and that's all that anyone will remember, and that's what the record books will say. But of course, then it was Wednesday, and it was Celtic. And a very different kind of game. Celtic obviously started like Celtic do against Aberdeen. Very strong. Aberdeen weathered that storm and, and then, of course, got the goal and, and looked very much like the three points were going to stay with the Dons. And then, of course, Lee Griffiths, of all people, gets the equaliser. Three seconds. Three seconds <laughs> from the end of stoppage time. I looked down at my stopwatch and it read 47 minutes, 57 seconds. You're thinking, <laughs> for goodness sake, uh, how yeah, close yeah. can you get? But there were so many positives to be taken from the evening. Um, Celtic created chances, yes, but I think Aberdeen created even better chances than Celtic did. But you always know that you need that second goal. And unfortunately, it didn't arrive and Lee Griffiths made us pay. But there was so many good things that you could take out of that game going forward again it was it was an a, an improvement on what we'd seen on Saturday evening um, so you know as long as we keep on making improvements game by game we've got a lot to look forward to even though there are only so few games to go this season but it's given a platform for Aberdeen to move forward into the next campaign that gives you a bit of optimism for the future yeah, absolutely. And we, we've said from day one this season, this, this is not a group of players that are a bad group of players. They're not a group of players that would be used to the terrible run that we saw of lack of goals and, and poor results. And I think that's certainly been shown over the last couple of games that they're a capable team. They are a capable team. And, and although, as you said, Celtic started well, we actually had the first real chance with the initial uh, header from Fergie that was touched onto the bar. And it was yeah. a good save by Scott Bain because he had to stretch to his full length to get that tip onto the bar and we, we had some good ch- chances as did so it was quite an open game mm. uh, although I think Andrew and I were discussing it earlier I thought, we thought Celtic were a bit flat which you can understand given all they've been through they've been mm. knocked out of the cup there was certainly probably more for Aberdeen to play for Scott Brown nearly set one up which was nice of him as well yes, to, to, to get that in early practising for next <laughs> season with the pass and F- Lewis Ferguson uh, you know, nine times out of ten that would have been the back <laughs> of the net but unfortunately it came off the post And uh, but that was just one of plenty of good chances there was Johnny Hayes one where Callum McGregor to be fair made up such a lot of ground mm. uh, on Johnny but no it was uh, as Andrew says very encouraging yeah nearly Scott Brown's first assist before even pulling on a red <laughs> yes. top Andrew but, uh-huh. uh, but you know as, as Dave said there certainly Celtic weren't at their best they haven't been at their best all season to be fair they've just kind of their season's kind of it's, you know, it's a damn squib, it's kind of gone now. But you have to say, it doesn't really matter, it's Celtic. And it, it and you only can play against whatever team you're playing against. It, it makes no difference. You, you can't really sort of look at the opposition and go, well, they're going to have an off day today. And Aberdeen uh, were, were certainly very strong and, and certainly could have had the three points and probably should have had the three points. I think when they look back on it, um, there were the chances that should have been put away. As I say, you, I think subconsciously, when you go into a, a game against Rangers or Celtic, you know you need to get two goals to beat them because they're always liable to, to score and they're always liable to, to play right to that 93rd, 94th, 95th, whatever mm-hmm. minute uh, it is. Uh, but uh, and the difference say, with, it, with last season would have been Celtic would have scored that goal to win the game in the 93rd yes, minute. That's, that, the, that, big that's the thing. In actual fact, um, Celtic would 
they'd played well enough in terms of possession and chances created that they would have won the game before we went to the, as deep into it as that. Yeah. Um, but I thought the mental discipline of Aberdeen was excellent. They never got pulled out of shape. Um, they had to... Uh, withstand the change that they had to make very early in the game when Ross McCrory was injured. I thought Calvin Ramsey came in and did exceptionally well. Yep. Jack McKenzie came on in the second half and Jack just takes to big games like a fish to water. It doesn't phase him in the slightest, nor does it phase Calvin. Um, whether they realise how big the games are, I'm not sure because you're not in a full stadium, but uh, both have enhanced their reputations big time uh, over the last few weeks when they've been given the opportunity to play for the first team. And then Dean Campbell, I think we've got to make mention of him. I thought he was outstanding in the middle of the park and is just getting better and better because his confidence must be buoyed by the fact that Stephen Glass appears to have put up a lot of his trust in Dean Campbell to be an integrable part of that engine room. Lewis Ferguson was much more like the Lewis Ferguson that we know he can be, making those driving runs, getting forward, getting himself into positions. He's finally managed to get that 10th goal of the season uh, after having to wait from the first time that we played against um, uh, Celtic back in October, um, that was the last time he'd scored. Uh, so, as I say, lots of lots of good things that Aberdeen can take going forward, but you can't rest in your laurels. You've got to be looking for improvements every single game. I think Niall McGinn has been very, very good. Just so many things that give you hope for the future. Yeah, just come back to Dean. I mean, it would have been very easy for Stephen to put Ross McCrory in the middle of the engine room alongside Lewis Ferguson and put Calvin Ramsey to right back, but he didn't. And he obviously, as Andrew says, he's got the confidence in Dean, who was desperately unlucky going back to the Livingston game to have that penalty conceded against him because it was never a pen. <laughs> yeah, the softest penalty you'll ever see. Um, yeah, and I guess, Dave, as well, probably one of the few criticisms of the Derek McInnes regime might have been the, the lack of youngsters that did appear and did come through the system. And you're already seeing early early days under Stephen Glass. You see, And we did see that. Obviously, those players are also sort of making their way through under Derek McInnes, but it's good to see these players coming in and, and getting their opportunity. There's nothing fans like more than a youngster making his way through the ranks. I've seen the majority of fans, because some homegrown players did I've get had, a lot of... I've uh, had a lot of grief down the years. Yeah, but uh, it's, yeah, it's, it's fantastic to see. And, you know, the Youth Academy coaches etc it gives them so much pleasure to yeah. see guys that they have helped develop helped their character etc uh, making their first team debuts but there is quite a few of them just now and part of that is probably because we've got quite a lot of injuries just now so yeah, yeah. there's no real Squad options game. but it'll be interesting to see what happens next season and Stephen's said it's going to be a useful Aberdeen side next season going forward so that would indicate that that's the way forward uh, Should Celtic have been down to 10 men Andrew? Oh, without question. I mean, <laughs> it's not really much of a question, is it? I there? mean, if you, turn so round the, if you turn round and kick somebody in front of the referee, I, I was shocked that Willie Collum didn't produce the red card because he produces a red card as, I think, was it in Sportsound they said he's quicker than Usain Bolt yeah. uh, in terms of producing <laughs> reds um, for far less than David Turnbull. Uh, 
But and to be fair to David Turnbull, I don't think he's that kind of player, but that's no frustration, excuse, isn't it? It's, it's pure frustration about yeah. the, the fact that he wasn't really getting the success he was striving for, but they should have been definitely down to 10. It's kind of a challenge you see down at goals on a regular basis and you get sinbinned for five minutes. So, you know, exactly. <laughs> if it's I mean, that, then it should have been a red, I mean, surely. The, but the, the wording of the law and this excessive brutality, etc. You've got to break the guy's leg before you get sent <laughs> off. But I mean, if you, if you did that to somebody out in the street, you'd be lifted. Well, it's very true. It's very true. Uh, well, it has been all change the regime at the Don Stephen Glass, now in charge, of course. And Don's midfielder, Matty Kennedy, says he's enjoyed the first couple of weeks under the new regime. And they're in the changing room. Everybody gets on really well with the new manager and uh, Russell as well. So they have given all the boys a lift around the changing room. And even on the training pitch, just giving all the boys tips and how to try and improve their game and all the boys have been delighted with how training and how games have been going so far. Yeah, we always hear about the new manager bounce and, and it doesn't always happen. We've seen that this season, Dave, that, that some teams it just hasn't happened for, but it certainly seems to be the way in the first sort of couple of games. It seems to have had a positive It impact. seems to, but you only have to look at Tommy Wright and Kilmarnock. There was no bounce there, although this signing of uh, Kyle Lafferty was probably yeah. the bounce, was the new striker bounce rather than the new manager bounce. But yeah, it does seem in, it's a good squad of players and you know they they all would acknowledge how much Derek and Tony helped their Aberdeen careers and you know we've gone from one good management team it looks like to another good management team as well yeah I've been impressed um you know, when you even when you watch the warm up, um, you watch Alan Russell, the work that he does with the strikers, and it's with the strikers. Uh, he's not taking the defenders uh, for shooting practice or anything like that. But it's not just well, some of them could uh, do with it. <laughs> uh, some some could, but um, but sometimes you, you you looked at it and you thought, well, why are you wasting your time doing that when you should maybe be concentrating, you know, practicing your heading or or whatever. But um, I've liked what I've seen from Alan Russell, and that's just in the warm ups. Um, He'll be doing an awful lot more out on the training ground. Uh, but it, it's all very positive. But I think um, we're, we're talking about it's nice to see the youngsters being given their chance under Stephen Glass. I think we've got to pay tribute to Paul Sheeran, who introduced mm-hmm. these guys in the interim between Derek leaving and Stephen coming in. Uh, and Paul's done a, a tremendous amount of work with young players with a development squad as well and uh, so we shouldn't forget the part that he's played and continues to play as yeah. part of well, the, the first team management team yeah, on a match day well, I was going to say it's, it's probably part of the big reason that Paul Sheeran is still there and is going to be, you know, certainly at this stage he's continued to, to be a, a, an influence on what's happening Well, I'm sure Stephen and Alan and Scott Brown when he comes, you know, you need people that have got experience of the players, or certainly you don't need them, but it certainly helps an awful lot. Uh, and Paul knows these youngsters inside out. He knows the players that will rise to the occasion. He knows the ones that might are not perhaps ready for making that step. So yeah, he's Paul's done a great job as as you'd expect. And before we look at the game uh, this weekend, Andrew, what can the Dons, in your opinion, of the first, over the first two games, what can what can Aberdeen improve on? What what's still to go in, in terms of you know where 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 they've sort of the impacts come? Is it is it just getting the goals? <laughs> um, well, we've started scoring goals and we'll look more dangerous going forward. Um, yeah, we could do with more goals. There's no team in the in the world that will be happy with the, simply the number of goals that they score. Um, but uh, I think... <laughs> I think 
they've got to get used to the new style of play as much as, it as did, anything I, I else. I must the first half play, an hour looked yeah. different under against Livingston. Play, playing from the back, um, we saw it against St Johnston, uh, the game, the last game when Paul was in charge. Um, when St Johnston pressed them, they, they were a bit, ooh, I didn't expect that to happen sort of thing. Um, they were better against Livingston, but it just takes time uh, to, to change to that. But I think we saw on, on Wednesday night, there was a mix because it wasn't always the case that when Gary Woods had a, a bye kick that he played it short yeah. he would, he would and, play it long and play the diagonals to the likes of yeah. Ross McCrory and, and Calvin Ramsey I thought Gary Woods' distribution on Wednesday was fantastic um, he very rarely missed his target with the longer balls and yeah. that's something another big positive Yeah and a player that uh, it's already been indicated that the management team like it, Gary Woods as well and, and that um, you know given that just by sheer fate he's ended up getting his opportunity to, to play and it won't do him any harm whatsoever to get some first team football Oh not at all because I mean it was the 22nd of February 2020 when he last started a game for Dong, uh, Oldham Athletic at Leighton Orient um, so he, he hadn't had the gloves on for serious action for a long, long time, but you wouldn't have thought that. No, I mean, he, he seems a, a pretty laid-back kind of character. Um, I remember speaking to Marcus Nash, um, the the press guy at, at Hamilton, he said, how are you getting on with Woodsy? And I said, well, to be honest, I haven't met him at all. He's oh, an absolute rocket. He's off his head. He's daft as a brush. And then when I spoke to him after the game uh, on Saturday, he, he seemed a very chilled character. <laughs> um, Goalkeepers are deceptive. <laughs> yes, indeed. <laughs> Uh, but I thought he was excellent in the in the game against Celtic. The, the, the highest accolade I can give him is that I didn't, I wasn't in the least bit worried that he was in goals instead of Joe. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, it was another huge game for the Dons, of course. Dundee United on Sunday in the Scottish Cup quarter final. We're going to look ahead to that, and we're going to hear from Stephen Glass ahead of that in just a minute. It's time to talk football. To talk dogs. North Sound One, Red Friday. Yes, you're listening to Red Friday on North Sound 1. It's Scottish Cup action for the Dons. It's Dundee United on Sunday with a place in the semi-final up for grabs. Despite the respective league positions, Stephen Glass knows it's going to be a tough challenge. They're a good team. They've got they've got good players. Uh, obviously, their manager's hugely experienced. He knows what he's doing. He's been a manager for longer than me. So, we're a good group of players coming up here. It's dangerous. But we faced since we've come in as a staff, we've obviously we faced Livingston, a tough challenge. We faced Celtic, a different challenge. And I think Dundee United is an altogether different challenge again. Maybe a mix of the two almost, if you like, because we know they're physically capable. We know they've got some really good footballers in their team as well. So it's up to us to prepare properly, make the players aware of the dangers, make them aware of the places that we think we can exploit. And then it's down to the boys on the pitch like it always is. But as long as we know that we've done our job as well preparing them, then I think we'll be okay. North Sound 1, Red Friday. Yeah, Andrew, it's uh, an all top flight quarter final, but um, I have to say, looking at the games, of all the teams that Aberdeen could have drawn, I actually think London United at home is. is as good a draw as it could have potentially been. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right there. I mean, it's the first time since 1986 that it's been an all-top-flight quarter-final line-up. Who won the Cup in 1986? Aberdeen. Correct. 
There you are. There's well, there we go. It's written in the stars. for the future. Um, <laughs> I'm sure we've been here before with written in the stars. Stats, speaking but we'll go speaking with about written in the stars, Niall McGinn scored the first goal under Stephen Glass, right, no, as he did with Derek. Yeah, with Derek. Very true. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, you're you're looking at um, Motherwell, always difficult. Hibbs flying at the moment. Kilmarnock. The Lafferty factor that Dave mentioned yeah. has transformed their season at absolutely the right time for them. Yeah. St Mirren, we know that we've had problems with them. Rangers, you don't want to face them until you get to the final, um, ideally. Um, and St Johnston, who are always very stuffy. So Dundee United, but then... You're, you look at the record so far this season, we haven't scored against no, them in three games. So that we'll, after that, but, we've, you know. we've got to break that duck. But um, I think there's, as we said, that there's been so many positives have come out of from the 75th minute of the Livingston game uh, <laughs> through, to, margins. through to 47 minutes and 56 seconds of uh, the second half on Wednesday uh, that we can look forward to this one with confidence but uh, mm. Dundee United will be tough I mean I think the, the result on Wednesday night when I saw it coming in uh, I thought no problem at all on Sunday and then I looked at the United starting lineup, and Mickey Mellon had changed it quite drastically. I think if I was Ross County, I wouldn't have been too happy at, at looking at that lineup getting beaten down at Kilmarnock, but mm. that's not for us to worry about. But um, yeah, uh, United, we've seen that they're they're capable, but they're also capable of having real bad days and we just hope that it's one of them that happens on Sunday. Yeah, well, cup football it's the old saying, but you never you know, it's its a one-off game, it's potentially more than 90 minutes, but over the 90 minutes you don't really know what's going to happen, and against Forfar they really struggled, but they did get through, but there's a game that we thought should be a bit easier than it was, albeit away from home, but they, they struggled in that, and it, its you just don't know you just know which side's going to turn up. Forfar will consider themselves unlucky, you know despite the fact that they're adrift at the foot of uh, League One yeah. um, they they really had the chance and if United hadn't scored when they did and it was former Don Peter Pollard of course who put the ball in the net but if they hadn't scored I think the longer that game went went on at 0-0 the more likely it would have been upset but getting back to Sunday United they'll always make it difficult it is the cup there's no fans so there's not the home advantage that there would normally be but uh, you know it's an Aberdeen side that seem to be playing with a wee bit of renewed confidence right now, so obviously I'll give you my prediction later, but... Uh, <laughs> I can guess which way we're going. Yeah, I think you can probably guess. Yeah, I think the one big thing, of course, is that result on Wednesday, more than anything. I mean, albeit, well, not so much the result. The result up until that... 47-57 moment uh, in the second half. It, up until then, it was it was such a solid performance overall, and even even including that, you know, getting that uh, draw against Celtic and probably should have been win will just give them so much confidence going into this game tomorrow. I think it has. Yeah, I think it has to. I mean, they, as Dave said, they're not a bad squad of players. You don't become bad overnight, and you don't get to play for Aberdeen unless you're a decent player. Yeah. Uh, so it's up to them to go out and. As Stephen said in his interview, you know he doesn't have to tell the players the importance of the game. They will know full well that victory will take them to Hamden for an, another cup semi-final. They've been very used to going to Hamden down the years. Uh, those of the, the squad who haven't been there will have heard all about it from those who have and will want to savour that feeling. So uh, I, I'm pretty confident that Aberdeen have got the wherewithal 
the desire and and now the goal scoring ability to get themselves there on Sunday. Yeah, well goals will be needed one way or another. Uh, social media has been full of praise for the way Aberdeen have played in the last couple of games. Let's find out if our fan reporter Graeme Watt shares their enthusiasm. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it Mike. I think everyone's feeling a little bit more positive about the side. You know, we've played some good stuff. On Wednesday there I thought we were very unlucky not to take all three points. You know, a late equaliser doesn't come any later than that. But um you know, I don't think that'll knock the players' confidence at all. They played, they played some good stuff for long spells in that game. And, you know, Celtic can hurt you. It only takes one chance and they took it. So, um, but moving on to Dundee United, you know, we haven't beaten them this season. So, it's a chance to go out and put that to bed and get to a semi-final. And you never know once you get to a semi-final what can happen. And uh, if we get there, I think it, it'll be a very, very positive start for Stephen Glass and Alan Russell. And... Go out there, get the job done, and I'm going to be positive, Mike. I think they will. Um, I'm going to say three nil the Dons for this one because I've been encouraged by what I've seen the past few weeks, and yeah, I'm I'm just looking forward to it, Mike. And hopefully the Dons go out there and do the job and get to a semi final, and we can all just concentrate and see what happens to the rest of the ties. Graham also spoke to Dons fan Ali Beg to get his thoughts on the recent managerial changes. Ali, Stephen Glass has had a very positive start to his Aberdeen career. What have you made of it so far? It was fantastic to get the first win against Livingston. That was a big win for us. I think it was important for Stephen to get that first win. Obviously, it will breed confidence. We saw on Wednesday how well the lads played as a unit against Celtic when Celtic had the lion's share of possession and really put us under quite a lot of pressure. I thought we handled it really well. But what was so refreshing was to see us keep the ball on the deck and attack Celtic with intent. But more importantly for me, desire. I think we've all been encouraged by Stephen's start. So long may it continue. Yeah, a lot of positive discussions and thoughts from the fans on social media this week. Graham echoing the thoughts there. Ali Begg also saying similar things as well. And uh, we've obviously been here before. We were here at the start of the season with Derek McInnes where we everything was rosy and everything felt good and it's positive. So we have to have that element of northeast caution. Just <laughs> just, just that one little slice of it, you know? Well, that's it. I mean, you can't get yourself too carried away. No. You, well, it's, it's like um, the mantra has been at the football club for the past... Eight and a half years. Don't get too high when you're going well, and don't get too low when things aren't going your way. Yeah. Um, and I, th- I think it, it it sort of replicates the the typical northeast sort of sanguine kind of outlook to life. Aye, it's nae bad. Um, <laughs> but um, it's about right. you, you know, I, I think that there's there's so many positive signs there that you, you can't help but look forward to games now, and that's the important thing. I think if if fans are looking forward to to games, it's horrible that they can't go to them. Um, it's been a season that you know. I think Dave, you'd agree, we haven't enjoyed no, not properly, t- not at all, because there's there's no fans there. Everything's very very different. Uh, but you're clutching at anything that that makes you optimistic and makes you want to go along. I must admit, a few weeks back, you were thinking, "Well, I'm going to the game on Saturday." I'm not really looking forward to it, yeah, but now yeah. I'm looking forward to it, um, uh, and it's it's amazing how things can turn. But uh, we won't get ourselves too up. Um, we won't be going saying that we're going to do this, we're going to do that. It's the start of a of a new process that um, Stephen Glass and Alan Russell um, are embarking on. Uh, but there are good signs there. That it's not a case of 
you know, we've got battered again by Celtic, we haven't scored again, where on earth do we go from here? Yeah. It's very different from that. Absolutely, and of course Dungeon United will look at this as their chance to keep their season going as well, Dave. Yeah, of course they will, and they've, they've got a better record against us than, than we have this season, albeit there's only been one goal scored in the three <laughs> matches, but uh, it's one that we can't underestimate them, we won't underestimate them, because there's plenty, and there's great Aberdeen connections with ex-players, Mark Reynolds, their captain back again and uh, Peter Pollock we mentioned uh, Shanklin, Nicky Clark yeah that's, uh, there's a lot of uh, there'll be a lot of wee battles going on on Sunday afternoon but uh, they'll see it as a chance as will every other club you know the fact that St Johnston having won one cup already will see the chance they drew with Rangers in midweek although it'll be a different Rangers team but the other sides in this last eight will all fancy their chances because at least one half of the old firm are out. Absolutely. And uh, you will have spotted, if you were watching, uh, certain TV coverage this week that Derek McInnes was doing some TV TV work. Let's uh, hear what Derek McInnes has has said about what his future might be. I'm actually open to anything, but at the minute I'm just looking forward to the break. I'm enjoying doing some uh, TV work and watching games from a different side of it. Um, I'm grateful and appreciative for the opportunity to do that. Um, But obviously just trying to... um, enjoy the downtime and try get myself ready for my next job and next challenge look forward to that you know, professionally I think it's good for me after 8 years to, to have that you know, it felt to me it was the right time to leave Aberdeen um, so I look forward to that next challenge wherever it may well be just want to work for a good club good people within the club and, and, uh, and see where we go from there yeah, I think any club is going to be very happy to have Derek McInnes, but also Derek McInnes is the kind of man that's going to take his time over what he does next. Yeah, because he'll have plenty of uh, options, and I think Derek and Tony, uh, once Tony's finished mentoring uh, <laughs> Derek Irvin, for, for yeah. with Gary Irvin, but uh, I think, you know, and there's going to be, you look at, well, we've talked about West Brom, Andrew, the fact that. Big Sam isn't going to hang around or they're not going to be able to afford him to hang around if, they, if as it looks like, they'll go down. And West Brom would seem an obvious fit for Derek. He's a hero down there anyway, as ex-club captain. And uh, that might be just one of the options. But uh, I would very much imagine that Derek will be in a job again come the start next season and wish him all the very best yeah and it's good to see some of those players that were around during the time that Derek McInnes was in charge now starting to come through because of course you know, he will have had a huge impact on even the youngsters that maybe didn't have their chance under him because he was the boss for so long yeah I mean uh, I think we said it a few weeks back a lot of players at Pataudry hadn't had any other boss other than Derek McInnes and that's quite unusual at a football club because you see some places the turnover is is so high that I'm sure the guys come in the door on a Monday morning and go well who's the boss this week Um, but that wasn't the case at Aberdeen for so long Uh, so yeah it's not a case of we're looking forward to um, next season with the, the team that Stephen built so, on his own there will be elements of it that Stephen brings in but the influence of Derek McInnes Tony Doherty uh, will be there for a, a number of years to come I think Yeah, it's done United in the Scottish Cup for the Dons on Sunday this is Red Friday, the only football podcast not to be talking about, or football show or even not to be talking about the European Super League although we're not going to be talking about it on the podcast but we will be talking in a minute about your podcast Red Rewind, we're going to hear 
from uh, Xander Diamond and uh, a really interesting bit from the show that you've got coming up on Monday. And as well as that, we've got Beat the Pundit and we're going to find out what predictions Ali Beg has and we're going to do that next. Yes, all about the Dons, of course. Aberdeen play Dundee United in the Scottish Cup quarter-final on Sunday, but we will be talking about Cove Rangers and Peterhead in just a few minutes because it is fascinating in League One and there's going to be a lot happening by this time next week, no matter what happens. It's a lot to digest on this show next Friday, that is for sure. Before that, though, it's time for Beat the Pundit. Last week it was Kenny again. Uh, how did Kenny get, get on on behalf of the Red Army, uh, Andrew? He beat Dave again. <laughs> 9-5 this time to quite accentuate <laughs> again well but it has reduced your lead to only a single point and now you're up against Ali Begg ok yeah. well this week it is Ali Begg and Graham spoke to him to get his predictions yes Mike taking on Dave tonight is Don's fan Ali Ali first up we'll start off with League 1 Falkirk versus Cove Rangers your score predictions for that one this will be a really interesting game they both have identical records 1-9 drawn four, lost five, but Falkirk have a better goal difference of plus one and they're both on 31 points. So I'm going to go for a 1-1 draw. Peterhead versus Clyde. So seventh v eighth, both winning last week, but Peterhead had the more impressive win beating second place Falkirk. So I'm going to go for a 2-1 victory for Peterhead. And moving on to the Scottish Cup fifth round on Saturday, Hibs versus Motherwell. Your score predictions for that one? Motherwell are actually coming into this game with a better form. So it's going to be a tough one. Hibs are usually quite strong at Easter Road. So I'm going to go for Hibs, and I think Hibs will win 2 0. And moving on to Sunday, I like the big one Aberdeen taking on Dundee United. How do you see it going? We saw glimpses on Wednesday night of what Stephen Glass is trying to instill in this Aberdeen team. So we saw some attacking, flowing football. If we can play like that against Dundee United, I think we will beat Dundee United and I think we will win 2-0. Also on Sunday, we have Rangers versus St Johnston. Your score predictions for that one? All I want is an away win. I don't care how they do it, just get the win. 1-0, 2-0, 2-1, 3-1, 4-0, 4-3. I don't care, just win St Johnston. And on Monday, we have the final tie of the round. Kilmarnock versus St Mirren. Your score predictions for that one? This is quite an intriguing game. Kilmarnock have only lost one in their last five games. Whereas St Mirren have lost two in their last five games. I'm going to go with home advantage for this one. I fancy Kilmarnock to beat St Mirren 2-1. North Sound 1, Red Friday. Right then, it's time for your predictions, Dave. We're going to start in League One, Falkirk against Cove Rangers. Well, I'm gone exactly the same as Ali, as I have done in quite a few of the the games, so it's going to be very tight. Whatever happens, eh? 1-1. <laughs> OK, uh, Peter Head, they're at home to Clyde. Yeah, I've gone 2-0, Peterhead into the quarterfinals the Saturday game it's Hibs at home to Motherwell 2-1 uh, Hibs on Sunday it's the, the Dons against Dungeon United first up well maybe putting my heart first here but 9-0 no 3-0 no, 3-0 <laughs> uh, 
Uh, and then we have Rangers against St Johnston, which, to be honest, I'm not sure what Ali's prediction was. Well, I've put him down for I've put him down for four three because that's the <laughs> likeliest one, isn't it? <laughs> well, well, I hope Ali's right. To be perfectly honest, but uh, I can't see past Rangers. So one nil, two nil, two one, three one. <laughs> no, two two nil. I've gone for. Okay, uh, on Monday we've got Kilmarnock against St Mirren, and again exactly the same as Ali, two one Killy. Yeah, a few interesting uh, games in. Well, well, we'll talk about League One in a second because we want to sort of talk a bit more on that. But just on the the quarterfinals, obviously Hibs Motherwell first up. That's the game tomorrow. Tough one to call. It is because uh, Motherwell's form has picked up a little bit. Uh, Hibs are very strong at home. Uh, Martin Boyle scoring goals, diving about in the box and winning penalties all over the shop. Um, he's the he's the real danger man. But you've got Kevin Nisbet and Christian Dodge who can score goals as well there. Um, although at the other on the other side, Devante Cole uh, scoring goals. Uh, Chris Long is dangerous. Mark O'Hara and Alan Campbell are, are good operators mm. in the middle of the. It is a tight one to to call, but I'm going to go with um, uh, Dave 2-1 to Hibs in that one. Yeah, Rangers St Johnston, of course, they drew on Wednesday late equaliser for St Johnston, but it will be a very different Rangers team that starts that game. But I think it'll be a different St Johnston team as well. Uh, Callum Davidson has done wonders there, terrible start to the season, but um, if it... Prizes were handed out on just what you've done in the second half. Uh, Callum Davidson would be right up there with everyone because he's won the League Cup. Uh, he's got them into the top six, which nobody would have predicted six months ago. Yep. Um, but Rangers just so powerful at Ibrox. Uh, I can't see past them winning, and I'm, I'm going to go 2-0 on that one as and well. Then on Monday, it's Kamarnik against St Mirren, and again, or Kyle Lafferty against St Mirren, as it has been in previous weeks, or certainly the last few games, it seems to be. He's he's really changed things for Kamarnik. I mean, if ever you wanted a goal scorer at this time of the season... You know, what a job Tommy Wright's done persuading Lafferty to come in. Ten goals in six games. And it was all because uh, a, a move had fallen through, wasn't it? I don't. I think it was yeah. kind of what opportunist, kind of let's get him in and see what happens. It's the Northern Ireland connections yeah, there. Of course, um, yeah. But Lafferty has transformed Kilmarnock absolutely at the right time of the season. But Jim Goodwin, St Mirren, very uh, good side. Uh, they'll still be annoyed that they didn't get to the, the Betfred Cup final. Uh, and... After 90 minutes, I think it'll be 1-1 and it may just be Kilmarnock who edge it in extra time, but I wouldn't be surprised if St Mirren did. Yeah, absolutely. Well, let's look at League One because there are two games which we will keep you up to date with on Red Saturday tomorrow right here on North Sound 1 from 2 and uh, kick-offs at 3, of course, but Cove... Uh, Cove and Peterhead, first of all, Cove uh, have Falkirk and, um, I mean, looking at that, the top of the league there, Dave, you've got four teams with four points between them we've got what is it four games Andrew was saying Cove have in the next week um, to sort of see what happens there you've got the, the, the playoffs there that could happen one team will go up automatically I don't really know where to start with it other than just let's start with the game tomorrow and, and how do you think Cove will get on? Well we talked about new manager Bounce and uh, the fact that Lee Miller and David McCracken were sacked having led the league most of the season having won managers of the month just 12 days ago for, for league one <laughs> and that just shows the ridiculousness of Scottish football or football in general um, a bizarre when Gary Holt is in temporary charge he had been appointed as director of football I think it was mm-hmm. um, so if there's a bounce there that could go against Cove but uh, mm-hmm. Cove Cove know exactly what they've got to do you know like all the teams up there They've got four cup finals 
for yeah. us in, in this next week. It's going it's, to be a big ass, but it's just, everyone's in the same boat. Absolutely huge for Cove. Why I went 1-1. Yeah, you, yeah sorry. Yeah. <laughs> um, the, um, <laughs> the, uh, the, the Gary Holt situation is interesting because um, you do wonder if maybe they were waiting for the moment to, to bring him in. I'm, I'm just, I don't know. I'm yeah, not sure. I mean, it, it does seem a strange one, but um, looking at the response on social media to the dismissal of David McCracken and Lee Miller... Uh, the suggestion was from the Falkirk fans that it had been coming, mm. despite, as Dave said, them being managers of the month 12 days ago. Bizarre. Um, but uh, no, it's a huge end to the season for Cove. Four games Saturday, Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday. Uh, Partick Thistle, I think, if they can beat Partick Thistle. Uh, at Balmoral on Tuesday night, that'll be a huge step for them uh, because Thistle have timed their run towards the end of the season perfectly. They've got themselves ahead. Nobody was talking about Partick Thistle. It was yeah. all about it's Falkirk and Cove going for, for the championship and Thistle have come up in the, on the rail and they've got their noses in front. A really tough league that though. You look oh, at Airdrie, Falkirk, Partick it's, Thistle. It's hugely tough because I mean you're looking at East Fife in, in sixth place. Yeah. They could potentially win all four of their final games and end up with more points than whoever finishes top of the top half of the table. But it's bizarre. It's it's going to be a, a very very busy finish to the end of the season. Yeah, and Peter Head, Dave, they, they'll just want to kind of make sure of safety and, and get clear because obviously there is that potential playoff place still just four points between Dumbarton and Peter Head. But uh, they're at home to Clyde, another team that have kind of had a similar season to Peter Head, really. Yeah, the blow hot and cold both sides there, but uh, Peter Head. Of course, the win over Falkirk in midweek was mm. the kind of the catalyst for the departure of uh, the Falkirk management, Joe. I've gone for a 2-0 Peterhead win, but it's, they're all so close, all six games that you could have arguments for any any outcome, whether it be a win for either side or a draw. Yeah, we'll keep you up to date with both of those games all the way through the afternoon right here on North Sound 1, myself and Cheryl with Red Saturday from 2. Now, uh, Red Rewind, the podcast that Andrew and Dave have been presenting and uh, you've recorded all episodes for the first series. Next up, it's Xander Diamond. Let's have a chat about that. But before that, let's hear Xander talking on Red Rewind about his management team at the time, the two Jimmys, Calderwood and Nickel, of course. Great, great guys. Couldn't have done enough for me. Like, Jimmy Calderwood's like a second father to me. And, um, you know, it was lucky enough in 2015, I get married, he was at my wedding. You know, one phoned me in the morning, gave me a bit of advice, left a voicemail, which I, which I'll no repeat. But <laughs> you're saying that's 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 what people don't see. You know what I mean? Like when I was at Pretoria, I was still a young kid, and um, you know they were brilliant for me. Absolutely. As soon as they came in that door, I took to them straight away. They took to me, fortunate enough, and um, with many many happy occasions and and fun times at the football club with them. Yeah, it's a fascinating uh, interview throughout, Andrew, and and there's so much there, so much content that a lot of people won't, you know, necessarily know. And also, it's just really good to hear somebody who I think he admits himself he's he's not he wasn't a Don's fan, but he's very much part of the Don's family. Absolutely, I mean. Uh you know, Big Xander, he used to have a picture of Henrik and Larson on the back of his phone cover and took great delight in posting pictures of his birthday cake with a Celtic scarf round his head and a Celtic cake from Asda or wherever. Uh, but uh, when he put the red jersey on, uh, he gave 110% to Aberdeen. It was very interesting looking back to uh, the Youth Cup final many years ago when uh, Xander played against Celtic and you looked at the, the two teams that played there David Marshall was in goals for Celtic wow. you know Paul Lawson 
yeah. for Martin United manager. He yeah. was captain of Celtic. Aidan McGeady. Aidan McGeady played. Um, Charlie Mulgrew played. Uh, and you look at the, the Aberdeen side and you think, well, what went wrong, boys? <laughs> <laughs> because not too many of them really kicked on. But um, uh, no, it was, it was great catching up with Xander because I hadn't seen him for many, many years. But um, a, a larger than life character. Yeah, Xander used to do a wonderful Jimmy C impersonation and I did ask him on the podcast if he would do it but he said he's now more mature which uh, maybe a wee bit more mature yeah, but he refused to do it unfortunately 5% it more to... mature um, yeah you can get the Red Rewind podcast wherever you get your podcasts you can just search for Red Rewind and there is a Facebook page it's Red Rewind uh, 1903 and you can also get uh, Red Rewind on Instagram as well just a quick note before we finish off talking about the Aberdeen game Boxing History is going to be made in Aberdeen tomorrow night and it's uh, Europe's first all-female event it's going to be broadcast live globally from the Northern Hotel and topping the bill is four-time former national amateur champ Nicola Hopewell who faces a rematch with rival Tasha Boy so really great uh, Andrew for Aberdeen to have such an event being hosted in the city yeah um, and, and good to see that you know uh, it's, it's going to get streams globally and anything that uh, puts the granite city in the map all in favour of it yeah absolutely and uh, just to finish off of course it is the Dons against Dundee United on Sunday placing the semi-final up for grabs uh, we've all pretty much gone for a Dons win we're all feeling confident uh, Dave we've been here before but what what does Stephen Glass say before the, the team walk out on the pitch more of the same from Wednesday night and you know, the guys all know how big and important a game is and the draw for the semi-final, by the way, is on Monday evening after the Kelly St Mern game. We'll give us lots to Let's talk about next it. week, absolutely. Andrew, what was your prediction again? Uh, I went 3-0. 3-0. Same, same as Dave. And, um, Graham. and Graham. And Graham's probably had a better record than I've had <laughs> with uh, predictions. a better record than you've had this season. <laughs> uh, we'll keep you up to date with the scores in League One Cove and Peterhead in action tomorrow. Red Saturday from two, right here on North Sound 1 myself and Cheryl will, will be here with you It's time to talk football It's time to talk dance North Sound 1 Red Friday